and boom, we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I am your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great regular sports betting. Play stadium bets for the best odds, featuring spread lines up to 1.95 per side. ProLine players also score great access to great regular promotions. Right now, get a $15 free play token weekly when you bet $25 or more on baseball with ProLine or stadium bets. This offer is valid once weekly until June 5th. Free play tokens must be used by June 30th. Get in the game today at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app. Please play responsibly. Must be 19 years of age or older. And just like that, we are going. Welcome back uh, to the High Button Podcast in the brand new studio. It was uh, a long two weeks. It was definitely tough not being able to work on the day-to-day tasks uh, that run this company. But to have a fresh new studio uh, going into the summer months Playoffs and full swing. Also, shout out to McKinnon last night. Hattrick. They did not deserve to lose that game. Hell of a game. Um, golf is here in full swing, and we have a fresh lineup of guests to roll out for uh, for you, our audience. Um, also, a fresh lineup of entertainment content, video, however you want to put it. It we're uh, we're extremely excited to get going here in the brand new studio and get to work. Um, to start off uh, the the guest list in the new studio, we have Nate Darling, the first Nova Scotia-born player to play in the NBA. He's played with uh, Charlotte. Now he plays in the NBA G League for the Agua Clippers, the G League for the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm going to go back a little bit in time here and talk about his resume. Played in the NCAA Tier one division stay humble for Delaware actually the first NBA player coming out of Delaware uh, as well Uh, fun fact at the U17 national finals he scored 50 points for Nova Scotia beating Ontario Uh, he went to high school down in Maryland so that means he left uh, home a little bit early to go chase his dream to play in the NBA which he did achieve pretty cool stuff also in the U19 FIBA 2017 World Cup. He won gold for Canada over in Egypt. I couldn't imagine how hot that was, uh, but got gold for Team Canada at the World Cup U19 FIBA Games. Incredible resume. Uh, Nate is still young. He still has tons to prove, but if you look at his resume from what he's already accomplished, you'd think this guy is you know 40 years old. So we have tons to talk about with Nate. We're extremely excited. We know the basketball community here in Nova Scotia is excited to hear what he has to say. Uh, so let's just get to it all right this is the high button podcast i'm justin we're talking to nate darling here we go you know what comes next nate darling we are going welcome man i appreciate you coming no uh, and doing this episode this is the first episode in the new studio so we're, we're we're happy to have you right now absolutely thanks for having me this is uh you've been one of the more requested guests in the past two years to uh to come on this show um where, where's the majority of your time been spent i guess in the past two years we know that you, you're from here mm-hmm. we know that uh you're out in la but w- w- where's the, the the majority of your life being lived right now Right now, I'm back home Yeah. Um, just for the, the last couple of months. But for the past two years, I've kind of been in the States, man, because the COVID rules out here. So I've just been training summertimes in, in Charlotte, in Delaware, and just kind of been doing that thing. But now I'm back home for the next couple of months training for summer league. So that's awesome. Nice, yeah. well, well, leaving home, like uh, you left home. How old were you when you left here? I was 14 turning 15. Wow. Yeah. And you went to boy. Newark? No, I went to uh, Hydesville, Maryland. Wow. Yeah, DeMatha. Was that tough? For sure, it was 14. tough. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a big adjustment, man. Going new country by myself, playing against some of the top guys in in the country, and uh, but you know, I, I I wanted to do it. I had a goal in mind, and my my mom she still doesn't know how she let me go <laughs> at that young age, but she saw like a young kid who who was striving for it, man, and she just she said like if I didn't go, she knew that I would have that like resentment that I didn't yeah. didn't do it, so she had to let me do it. So how was I'm always interested this in this question. I ask a lot of my guests who don't play hockey because mm-hmm. it's Canadian. So yeah, most guys play hockey, but mm-hmm. who who introduced you to basketball? How did you get involved in the game, and, and what led you to become passionate about it? Uh, definitely just my dad. Oh he, yeah, uh, he played at St. Mary's. And uh, I didn't watch him play at St. Mary's, but he was always in senior leagues and he was still pretty nice growing up. Uh, so I'd always at his games. And so I just was in a basketball family. Okay. So I was never, uh, my mom didn't play hockey. My dad didn't play hockey. It was just all, it's all basketball. I mean, I played all sports growing up, like soccer and football and stuff like that. But basketball was the one. Yeah. So uh, 
yeah, he just just watching him inspired me. And then once I got a little taste of the game, started really getting good and started to cook some people. I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is the game for me. So. I love the basketball slang. I, I love it. I started to cook some people. Well, yeah, man. When I was like eight, I was at like spring league one time, and I scored like thirty three points of our team's thirty seven points. And I was talk like, a little closer to the mic. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I scored. Uh, is that good? That's good there. Yeah. Yeah, I scored thirty three of our team's thirty seven points. And I, I wasn't even trying to ball hog or anything. I was just, I was getting after it. And I just, I, I think I had a natural touch to put the ball in the hoop, you know? So wow. I started, yeah, just kept going from there. How old were you when the natural touch came about? Did it come about when you first touched a basketball or were you, you know, like eight, nine, 10 years old when it's like, whoa, okay, wait a second. I'm better than some of these kids. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think like I always had a knack for putting it in the hoop. Like I just, my little brothers have it too. They can just, they yeah. just throw it in the hoop, you know? But once I was like eight, nine, 10, that's when I really started to, go out in the driveway and really start to work and put it in and put in the effort. So it was kind of like a combination of that natural touch. And then since I started to like it, then I started to really grind at it. And then, then it really started to come on. So then, wow. yeah, it was just a kind of domino effect. How that, that, yeah, it's exciting when you're able to find a passion that young, maybe mm. not passion at that time, but just find something that you, you think is fun and you don't even know at the time you're working, mm. you're just doing having fun, just like going to the playground, except mm-hmm. you have a basketball in your hand. Yeah. It was just a, it was kind of like a natural instinct. I feel like just, yeah going to the to the to the hoops and just by myself outside and just getting that alone time yeah. so i i fell in love with it at a, at a really young age honestly where i was putting in more work than other kids and i don't even know if it was to become something it was just i enjoyed that that yeah. alone time and that work and just sweating by myself yeah. and, and doing that yeah what was uh traveling like for basketball in atlanta canada for tournaments and things like that like what were those moments like uh like as a kid traveling like yeah like I, I can only relate to hockey tournaments yeah. traveling and wherever you go it's like oh i remember that kid i played against him in cape breton but basketball i don't know at a younger age what it was yeah like. i mean it's we we travel across like atlanta canada we go to like pei we go to new brunswick go to moncton just like things like that but yeah. every now and then we go down to boston and we get we get it we get worked by those kids you know <laughs> <laughs> like they would they would kind of kill us but it was like a wake-up call like okay like the states is those are the kids we got to get get better than. You know, we, Nova Scotia is probably like the best in Atlantic Canada, so we'd yeah. always go down to New Brunswick and okay. handle teams and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But when we went down to the states; it was a wake up call for sure. At the U seventeen, um, what was it called? U seventeen national championship in yeah. the finals, you put up fifty points against Ontario. Yeah, I was watching some of the highlights, and when we, I don't know how long this podcast has been going for, but you just mentioned you know how to put the ball in the hoop, and some mm-hmm. of the ways that you were driving your body towards the hoop and taking a hit and being able to lay the ball in. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. It was the first time. I was watching those highlights today. It, it was very impressive watching you, you, you do that. Yeah. Um, 50 points. That's a lot. Yeah, I took a lot of shots too, though. But <laughs> Did you have a green light that game? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think everybody on that team kind of knew that I was I was our guy, and they was – we all accept our role. The best teams in basketball, they accept their roles. You got guys that are the, the hustle guys. You got guys who are the scorers. You know what I mean? And if everybody really buys into it and just – lets it happen you can accomplish beautiful things and yeah. everybody was like okay nate's gonna do his thing and we gotta like be the best at our role and we can make something happen so everybody kind of just gave me the rock and let me let me do my thing and i was i was feeling it that game and last game i think we lost ontario we lost by like 15 and i had 30 something and my uh my grandfather he was r.i.p but he was in the hospital at the time he's like nate you're gonna have to score 50 points to beat those boys and I was, like, I was like, I guess so. Then the next game, we scored 50 and we won. So, wow. Pretty cool. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And you were down in the States during like the, the that time, correct? Mm-hmm. Like you were down in prep school. I was at the math at the time. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah. when you came back, did a lot of the guys look at you in a, a leadership role? It's like, wow, this guy's down in the States right now, coming back to Canada to represent Nova Scotia. You must have been put automatically in a leadership role on that team. Yeah. I, I mean, the coach at the time, Jared Timmons, I was, uh, like we're close family friends on my dad's side and he was kind of trying to convince me to play nationals when it was in Halifax. So I was like, let's do it, you know, cause I was playing AAU at the time too. Yeah. So it was a lot of commitment, but, uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, come in, be our guy and let's make something special happen. I was like, absolutely. And I was, I was at the math at the time, like before I decided I was going to play and I was just shooting in the gym by myself and I started to envision like hitting shots in Nova <laughs> Scotia, like hitting big shots. And I was like, Oh, 
like yeah i can do this let's do it so i hit him up and i was like yeah let's let's do it are you a big uh, visual guy 100 you know like well, what's the opening scene there of uh space jam when michael jordan's in the driveway and his dad's like you're never gonna you know when he, he's shooting in the you know the first scene yeah yeah he's visualizing going to the nba uh-huh. yeah like, it was is that kind of you? you you visualize things before they happen 100 percent. yeah 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 <laughs> i have deja vu a lot like, yeah, yeah i feel like i see things before but my mom always told me like to visualize things to believe in yourself and to like you know that manifestation kind of it sounds kind of corny but like you have to you have to see it then you have to believe it and then you have to put the work in and do it so like there was a shot in the 50 point game where i uh it was a really really deep three in overtime and i was shooting that shot in the gym like i literally saw that shot in my head before i did it like it was, <laughs> and then it came to fruit like fruition so that's weird yeah like when I was injured, like when I was a kid, like my, I hurt my back and my mom, I was like very depressed. I was like, not depressed, but I was like, fuck, I can't, can't play basketball, you know? And my mom was like, just, just shoot in your head, just do it in your head. So I, for a month, I was just visualizing shots in my head because I couldn't shoot at the time. So I think like, you gotta, you gotta do that. Or at least it works for me. Yeah. So yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to kind of leaving home a little bit and navigating mm-hmm. your way through this thing. I guess you could, I don't want to call it professional basketball yet, but uh what do you what do you call not college basketball high school basketball yeah down in the states but just navigating your way to the college game Mm -hmm. um and not having your parents there did you have an agent at the time how how, how do you navigate navigate um people recruiting you so basically like your your high school coach and your aau coaches are kind of your agent at the time like they coaches come to them and say hey blah 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 we like your kid. And then if you like them enough, they'll start talking to your parents and then they'll, they'll offer you a scholarship. They might invite you to the campus kind of things like that. So around like the end of my 11th grade year going into my senior year is when I really started to get colleges that wanted to, to talk to me and stuff like that. So. And then what did you take recruiting trips? Yeah, I took a couple. I took one to Delaware. I took one to uh, Florida Gulf coast and then UAB Florida Gulf coast and UAB were like my two coming out of college or coming out of high school that I really wanted to go to. Yeah. And then coach Haas from UAB, he's at uh, Stanford. Now he left Stanford or left UAB right before I, I committed there, but yeah. I, I committed to him cause I, he like really yeah. inspired me and I was like, okay, I could play for that guy. And then he left and I played two years at UAB. Then I went through the whole process again when I transferred to Delaware. Do you think you made the right decision? I think you did. Yeah. I yeah it worked out. I've made, I yeah. feel like it's been the right decision. You know, like I'll just, you got to take risks, take big steps and things will fall into your lap. So yeah, it's, it, I've always wondered about that college, uh, that college experience going down to the States and maneuvering your way, especially mm. when sports are involved academically. I, I couldn't, I'm not, I'm not an academic guy, but sports choosing the right school. It feels like a yeah. huge decision you have to make at 16. How old are you? 17. 17? Yeah, 17. Huge decision. Huge. Yeah. You know, you like, I like how you mentioned your coach. Cause you have to look at the coach. Cause that guy's going to be your, you know, another father figure to mm-hmm. you, essentially turning you into a man at the college level. Yeah. It's good that you have the maturity to, I guess, look at that and be like, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, no, that's cause I would have went to Florida Gulf coast based on everything. It's down in Florida. It's got a cool <laughs> campus. Like it's like UAB is not very exciting. Alabama, Birmingham. Like it's not the, yeah. but he, he kind of like talking to my dad, talking to my mom, like he, he looked like the guy that could, like what you're saying, turn me into a good man and bring me to where I want to go basketball wise. Yeah. Yeah. Going through that route though. I know I can only relate to hockey. Like I always say, but there's always, always that Nova Scotian that's down at Boston playing hockey. There's a Nova Scotian over in Europe playing. There's someone over here playing and you're able to talk to these guys and mm. not that it matters where, where you're from, but having someone to talk to, I guess, Oh, what's it like over here? What's it like over there? Who's this guy? What's he like? Do you have those connections within the basketball world at the age of 16? You'd be like, Oh, what's it like to go play at Delaware? How does that work? No. Um, yeah, that's that's why I committed to Delaware the second time because I actually had a my high school coach, um, the assistant coach at high school. He he got a job there. Yeah. So I, I kind of realized like what you're talking about. Like you need to have connections in that world. Yeah. To, to have someone who really has your best interests at mind. Like all these guys are trying to get to the next level. They're trying to get to the. So they, they care about you, but only if it like affects them. You know what I'm saying? Or only if it helps them. So I needed to have someone that I knew truly had my back. So when I committed to Delaware, it was like a no brainer. I was like, okay, this guy cares about me he's been there since i was 15 he actually wants what's best for me and uh so i didn't even go visit any other schools i'm like i'm gonna go there i'm gonna try it out with him and see what happens awesome yeah um i want to talk about the work okay yeah i've seen um basketball training videos on youtube and they're they look like a lot of work it the obsession that you guys have in order to put a ball in a hoop is incredible Mm -hmm. it's uh it's absolutely insane 
almost spiritual like yeah just talk about the work and how you can transfer it in your mind and it isn't work it's just routine how do you go through that process i think like the two words you use like obsession and, and spiritual are like kind of like what i build off of from it because at a young age i think it's like meditation for me like being by myself for hours at a gym my dad would drop me off at like on a summer day at like nine o'clock at cgc and then he'd come pick me up at 4 30 after work like that was I was like 12 years old doing that, like every day, just shooting, 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 shooting. And just, I fell in love with it. Like, it's just, it's peace to me, you know, just being in the gym by myself, like at the math, I'd be like one in the morning, just shooting on the gun. Like there's this like machine where yeah. I couldn't sleep and I would just go shoot, just rep it out. And now I get to the point where I'm hitting 95, 96 out of a hundred from three. And like, I'm just, you're in that zone. Like you're like, you're so in the moment and that's where that spiritual and this comes from like I feel like people meditate to find that that zone where yeah. you're just like you're so in the now and like when that happens during the game that's when like that's when you explode for 50 you explode you know like the net is yeah. your your body completely takes over and you're just wow you're in the moment like and that's what like Katie talks about that like blackout blackout zone or whatever like yeah it's it's what I chase <laughs> one in the morning you're, you're shooting oh for sure yeah anytime like if I couldn't sleep like that when when you said if it is it tough even at that age I was lucky because I had I lived with a teacher and he had a key to the gym so like if I didn't sleep like I always had the key like I'd be up all night I'd be like, oh, and I'd just go shoot it out go to one to like two three in the morning come back sleep then I'd be I'd wake up go to class I'd be asleep in class because I was up shooting all night but, yeah. yeah is there ever any like doubt in your mind is, you know the, the uh, sports that did a great bit on you um um, I forget his name, Arash Madani did on you and you, the first Nova Scotian to play in the NBA. Mm. And I don't know if that's ever a goal of yours. I'm sure it is, 100%. but are you ever shooting at one in the morning and go, ah, I'm not, it's like, I don't know, Nova Scotian. I don't know if I'm going to, is, is there any ever doubt or do you just not even focus on it and just go, you know what, I, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like an interesting balance because the belief is always there. Like, that's why I do what I do. Like, that's why I would do those long days, those long nights, because yeah. it means something to me. And I know I can get to where I was like when I was 15 and no one believed in me except for my family, you know, but no one thought like, okay, he's going to the NBA. Like he's just a small kid from Nova Scotia. Like in my head, I'm like, no, fuck that. Like I am going to the NBA. Like no doubt in my mind, I'm going to the NBA. Like I might not be confident in different things like that, but that belief is always there. Yeah. So yeah, the work was always intentional to get to where I am now. And yeah. like, it's going to, like right now, like I think I can be NBA all-star. Like that's where my head is at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the work that I'm doing now is to get to that point. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what What's the uh, what's the day like now for you when you wake up, you're training in the summer? What's a day like for you right yeah, now? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm working. I got this place called Quantum right now that's helped me out with my physio, helped me out with my strength and conditioning massage. I go there in the morning and then I'll, uh, I'll go train with my trainer, Brandon Brown. Shout out to Brandon Brown, man. I've been working with him since I was 12 years old. I've like, heard his name a couple times. Yeah, he's one. Of, like he's a he's an NBA level trainer. Like I've been around the. Oh yeah. I've been around working with a lot of people, and he's he's that guy for sure. But <laughs> anyway, awesome. I'll work with him for like two hours, and then now I'm gonna start getting into some scrimmages, getting my legs under me. So just I try to, I try to keep it like a nine to five type thing right oh, now. Yeah? yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I definitely like killed my body and was always in the gym, just shooting, shooting, shooting. But now I'm trying to make it more uh, meticulous and smart and try to just refine my skills and be, be ready for the, for the season when it comes. Cause right. I, I got, I got, I'm basically training like for July because July is summer league. So I need my body to be fresh for July. Yeah. So I can't kill myself right now. I need to just refine my skills. How long did it take you to figure out how to, I guess, take care of your body rather than just go kill, kill, weights, 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 lift, do this. But how long does it take for you to like, listen, I'm 30 and I only learned last year to listen to my body. You yeah. Know, I'm like, still figuring it out. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Honestly, okay. cause I have that itch that to just, just go. Yeah. And I, I was doing that at the start of this, of the summer when I first came home, I was on the court for like four or five hours a day. And my body was like, yo, like <laughs> this is not working right now. Like my, my, quads were shot so then i started using my my wrist more and then my wrist started to hurt me because like i wasn't using my like my legs from my quads i was overcompensating a little exactly. yeah. so i was like okay this isn't i'm i'm not helping myself i'm just i'm hurting myself more so i i tuned it down a little bit when you sign with charlotte and you're in the pro game mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you learned from 
pro athletes. I heard from the, like, I'm going to go back to hockey because that's all I can relate to is mm-hmm. some of the things that these guys have learned from the pro games, just, just the way they dress, the way they handle themselves, the way they arrive at the airport, the way they, the, the, the food that they bring to the airplane as they eat, as they fly to Dallas, some mm-hmm. of the things that you will never be able to experience unless you're playing professional mm-hmm. sports. What are some of the things that you learned from, uh, from the pro side? I think the, the biggest thing was the way they carry themselves. Um, when I walked into the, like the, the locker room for the first time, it was kind of a wake up call for me. I was still like a boy coming out of college and these are all like the best men in the, in the world, the best athletes in the world. And they carry themselves like they are, you know what I'm saying? And I, I still had the, I'm always, like I when I told you, I always believe in myself, but there's times where your, your confidence wavers and you're like, okay, can I do this? Can I not do this? But like the belief is still there. Like, you know, you can do it, but like you gotta, you gotta, you still have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's tough to get into that situation. So it was a wake up call for me. I was like, okay, like I know I'm at this level, but I need to like grow more. I need to get bigger. I need to get stronger. I need to get more confident in myself, more comfortable at this level. Cause yeah. everywhere I go, like when I got to college, it took me like a year to figure it out. When I got to high school, it took me a year to figure it out. And now that I'm in the league, it, honestly, it's taken me a year to figure it out. I mean, I'm still getting more comfortable and more confident, but I know the next time I step into the NBA gym, I'm going to be ready for that, yeah. that the way they carry themselves and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Were you nervous a little bit to ask questions? For sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it's interesting. You're like a rookie, you're 21. These guys, some of these guys are 30, 30, you know what I'm saying? They have families and stuff. Like yeah. it's just, it's just a different, it's a different level. So yeah. it's definitely, I think I was a little timid at first because I just I didn't know if I if I belonged or not or because, where you fit in exactly like yeah. there's no way to find out until you get thrown in there you mm. know because some of these kids are uh, you know they're already first round draft picks they're whatever they have it kind of they're signed they're, they're yeah they're million, all set yeah, up yeah. exactly and I'm coming from Delaware I'm a two way guy I didn't get drafted they're taking a chance on me I'm like okay like fuck like yeah. where do I fit in but yeah. that's what that's what messed me up I can't have that attitude but you know what I'm saying it was a learning experience so for sure. I, I learned a lot and I grew a lot and I'm, I'm like, I'm ready. Like, I'm so ready. I can't wait to get back in there. So when you played your first game, how do you know you're going to like, does a coach come up to you before against mm-hmm. Toronto? No. Did he, so it's just during the game. He goes, all right, Nate, you're up. Yeah. And, they, we were getting blown out. So one of the assistants came up to me. He's like, get ready. Like, get warm. Like, cause you're sitting for yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, he's like, get ready. I'm like, oh fuck. Start, <laughs> start stretching, start jumping around and stuff. And, uh, Yeah. Does the coaching staff know that they're about to, you know, by letting you go in the game? Do they know that history is about to be made? So we had two Canadians on staff, so I think they knew. Okay. Nate Mitchell and uh, Jay Triano. I think, I think Nate might have told the coach like, "Oh, like this is in front of Toronto. Like it's on national TV." I'm, I'm, that's just my theory. I don't know. He didn't say it to me, but it seemed like they wanted to put me in so everybody at home could yeah. could see. Well, yeah. the broadcast team at Sportsnet did a tremendous job they as did. you went into the, the game. And, you know, they said Nova Scotian, first NBA player, Nate Darling, like they killed it. They mm-hmm. knocked it out of the park and yeah, it was they great. Did. They did. What an exciting moment after the game. Yeah. I'm assuming. No, yeah, it was. It was. You didn't even look at your phone, did you? You're just blowing it. You're just like, I can't live. I can, what do you, yeah, <laughs> I needed to just go I think home I messaged you. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of love, man. It's tough. It's tough. But I just, I made sure to call my family and. You know, tell them I love them. Thank you for everything. And yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Did they let you keep the jersey? Uh, yeah, they did. I mean, they gave. I mean, we had like five jerseys that they gave us after after the season. So okay. Yeah, I gave gave one to my dad, one to my mom, wow. one to my brother. I kept one for myself. So. Well, hopefully, the one you kept for yourself is the the one you actually wore. Yeah, I forget. I think it. The turquoise one? Yeah, I think it was the one. I, w- I went online and I tried to buy one. You just couldn't get them anywhere. You had to buy a blank one mm-hmm. and then take it to a store and get mm-hmm. Darling on the back, but yeah. you couldn't get them. It's all good. It, but that jersey, man, that, that one. if there is a Nova Scotia Hall of Fame, I know they're transferring it over right now, but that that that's history. Mm-hmm. Like crazy. It is, do you yeah. think about things like that or do you just keep it in perspective? I, I mean, it, it, it crosses my mind every now and then, but for me, I think as a human – we're all striving for more like you like it's not in our dna to be stagnant so i just when i'm in these moments like yes you have to appreciate them but i in my head i already knew this was going to happen so it's not a huge deal to me yeah but it is like it is a huge deal obviously like to the the community and to nova scotia and to be the first from somewhere to do something is it's pretty amazing but 
in my head, I'm like, okay, like, back to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nothing to me. I didn't score. You know, like, yeah, I was pissed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, was <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I appreciate what I'm doing and what I've done, but I'm also, I'm so goal driven and like, it's, yeah. it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean the world to me because I think I can accomplish way more than just playing in one NBA game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how uh, some of the best athletes in the world say that Kobe said it, a tiger said it. It's just I'm like, who's, was that you vibrating? Probably me, yeah. Guys blowing up. I bet it's my mom. Is it? She wants to make <laughs> Do, it if you want to answer it, answer it. You got to answer it on the podcast. Good, <laughs> but no, like some of the, some of these great athletes, they say, uh, you know, you, you, you accomplish things, but the quicker you just let it go and get back to work, the greater you'll, you'll, you'll be. And, for mm-hmm. the people that sit there in the glory and go, I'm the best. I did this. Holy smokes. It's just, eh, the, the run's going to be a little bit shorter than expected, yeah. you know? Yeah. But there has, I mean, you have to have gratitude for what you've done and have some, like sit back and be like, yeah, like you did what you said you would do. Yeah. And like, I'm proud of myself for yeah. never giving up and believing in myself and bringing that to fruition that like that young 10 year old who committed like, yo, yeah. you're going to be an NBA player. Yeah. And now like I'm walking in the NBA. It's, it's, it's cool, like if I if I let my ten year old self look up and see what I'm doing now, like it just I think it'd be, he'd be like, that's amazing. Like I yeah. can't believe we're doing it. You know, 100. percent Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I want to go to the international stage. Putting yeah. on a Canada basketball jersey, what's that mm-hmm. feeling like? I mean, it's pretty surreal. Like just playing for your country and competing against other other countries. It's it's a there's like some pride to it. You know, you're like we're our our country's better like we're gonna beat you guys you know like but um i I, i'm excited i want to do at the the men's level at some point but right now i'm just focusing on my nba career 100 percent. do you mind if i ask though about the 2017 world cup when you won gold for sure first of all how hot is egypt yeah it was was, we didn't really get to go out much because it was like kind of there was like a terror threat oh yeah while we were there they they advised our families not to go oh your family went over no they didn't go okay because they told them not to go um because they couldn't protect them, they said. They can only protect you. Yeah, they can only protect our team. Yeah. They've got like there was the people with like guns around, like There's, protecting yeah, security. You? Yeah, like everywhere we went. No but way. But they let us go to the pyramids, which is pretty sick. Did they still haven't figured out how they made them yet? Eh? No, no, it's baffling. <laughs> it's baffling. Yeah, every, everybody <laughs> in our society thinks we're so smart, but <laughs> we look back and then, hey, they build these magnificent structures. Are they? They're huge, eh? Those yeah. pyramids. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything bigger than a pyramid? I mean, there's like like skyscrapers and stuff that are bigger yeah you know but like the size of those blocks are like unfathomable that they i think they're like what like a hundred thousand pounds or something no idea they're huge are you allowed to climb them like can you get like up on one no 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 you can't do anything i rode a camel though oh yeah how was that yeah it was good but the guy who rode the camel like he (laughs) he brought me out into like around the desert where nobody was at like the camel was just running and these camels are like 10 feet up in the air so like you can't get down off them (laughs) <laughs> and he like took my phone to take pictures of me and then he wouldn't give me my phone back unless I gave him money. <laughs> no. How much yeah, did you give him? I gave him like 10 bucks and he's like, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, like, you. You're yeah, 18 years I'm old. Like, yeah. I'm 17 out in Egypt. I'm like, all right, let me I'm get this guy. Some- <laughs> let me get this guy some money so I can get my phone back. I couldn't see anybody. I was just out on in the desert on a camel. You weren't with your teammates or No, anything? he like took me away from everybody. Like, cause he wanted, he's like, do you want the camel to run? And I was like, obviously. Yeah. Like, Let's go. Like, yeah. But he's yeah. smart. He hustled he you. He did hustle me. He did hustle me. And I wasn't going to like try to like, I was like, okay, take what you want, dude. Like, let me just get back to the fucking. He yeah. took you out. <laughs> he did. He gave me, got me for like 30 bucks. That's incredible. Well, it's yeah. not, but that sucks. But lay life lesson right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the gyms were well air conditioned. Yeah, uh, they're pretty. Ho- they're pretty hot. They're pretty hot. It was cool though. Like the the love that we got from the Egyptian like fan base. It was pretty interesting. Really? Yeah. Like they were. Is Egypt a basketball? I don't, a basketball I don't know. community. In I don't Egypt? know, but they loved us. It was pretty cool. That's an exciting feeling to be able to travel all around the world and then you're loved. Yeah. No. Like we went to Chile that summer too. Or no, that was the summer before. But we went to France. I think that summer. So I've been to some cool places, but you don't really get to enjoy them. It's not like I'm visiting France, you know. Yeah, what I'm you're you're it's a still, work trip. Yeah, it's still basketball, food, hotel. I guess. Yeah. yeah, that's the really cool thing about basketball. Same thing with soccer and other other sports that are just well known around the world. Mm-hmm. Other than hockey isn't really lacrosse isn't really mm-hmm. basketball. It's arguably, eh, I'd maybe put soccer. Meh. 
I don't know. It's up there. Basketball is one and two with soccer. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible, incredible sport that's played all around the world. Yeah. And some of the places that you're getting to go to play, it, it's awesome. Some of those NBA games where they go over to China and play like in the preseason and you mm-hmm. see some of the fans that show up, mm-hmm. you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why isn't there an NBA team in China yet? Yeah. It's incredible to see some of the things that are going on in, in, the, in the sport of basketball. Yeah, no, it's pretty spectacular. Like, it's awesome. It is really worldwide. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Which all, I think, like, honestly, the NBA is the most it's like the most exclusive league to get into because of the amount of players and then also how many people play it. Like in soccer, there's like six or seven top, top leagues and a bunch of teams and a bunch of players. Mm-hmm. But the NBA is like one league for everybody in the world. That's, a, that's the top guys, you know? So I want to talk about the different, the level from college to basketball in term or college from the NBA in terms of uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. I've heard the NBA, it's above and beyond from the dressing rooms, from the planes, from the meals, from mm. the the time you have to spend with the community. What's the biggest difference, you think, from college to pro in the NBA? Um, I mean, for for some of these colleges, I feel like like some of the top colleges, it's pretty similar. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like they, they fly private. And they have like amazing locker rooms like i'm sure like kentucky and stuff like that like it's pretty it's pretty elite but from where i'm from like delaware was solid facilities solid treatment stuff like that but i mean it's just next level you know yeah. you get you fly everywhere from at any time you, you walk up on a plane and you're just private you know what i'm saying you don't have to go through the airport you don't have to do anything like that and then hotels are all top of the line hotels everything all the food you get is it's just top of the line wow yeah crazy yeah Did so you- going from there to the g league it's like, okay, I need to get back to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> He's motivated by the planes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you meet Michael when you were in Charlotte? I did briefly. Wow. I mean, I just shook his hand and introduced yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he has a he has a presence to him. How did it say like an aura? Yeah. <laughs> you know where he's like a mile away. He's like yeah. around. Yeah. Um, and cool. LeBron in the corner, what did he actually say to you? Uh, so I I messed up my ankle the play before. Like I, I took a Before shot. Before the free throws, yeah. Yeah, so a guy, it was one of those rules where he stuck his foot under my foot. My ankle literally like touched the ground. I was out for like two months after that. But I stayed in the game to shoot my free throws and to play in the game. And he was kind of, like he said, like I heard, I heard, usually I wouldn't turn around. I like to talk shit. <laughs> so like when someone tries to talk shit to me, I'll, I'll engage in it. Hence no mouth guard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like to communicate right there. Um, but I heard him go, Hey, yo, yo. And like, I was like, oh shit, that's LeBron. Like, you know, it's LeBron's <laughs> voice. Like, <laughs> so I turned around just to see what he had to say to me. And he was basically just saying like, he, like he respected me for, I forget his exact words. It was something like, like you should be next to me right now. Cause he was respecting me for staying out there with my ankle injury. And that was, I don't know. He didn't dare me to shoot or everything. Like I saw like the memes online that was saying like, oh, he dared him to shoot. But <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he just was respecting me for being out there. And then I came off the screen, hit a shot. And I think, like, he got up. Like, if I would have hit that, he would have been pumped for me. But then he was like, yeah. It was a cool experience. 100%. Yeah. Some of the cooler experiences that you had in college. What are some of the, the, the best crowds and arenas that you've ever played in in college? And what are some of the most hostile environments you've played in college? I think my favorite, my favorite game was, uh, it was against William & Mary. It was, like, their senior night. And they have a pretty... I think it's like 6,000, 7,000 arena, but it was like, it was, it was, it was packed completely. Yeah. And I was, it was that I got into one of those states where I was telling you about like that blackout zone. Yeah. I was in the locker room, just breathing a little bit, focusing on my breath. And then I got on the court and they were giving it to me. Like they were making fun of my facial hair. They were like shitting on me. And I was just like, okay. Like I was starting to feel like the energy in the crowd. And then the floor was like super shiny or something. And I went down to like, you know, like when people are about to tip off, people are stretching and stuff like giving high. Yeah. At the circle. Yeah. 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 So I got down to like a little squat, a little sumo squat. And I looked down and I could see my full reflection. And I just like, I like tapped into this. Like, I like, I don't know what it was. I felt like a gladiator. Like I just snapped into it. And like immediately I scored like 25 points in like 12 minutes and shit. Like I was just on another level. Like I hit a shot where I took a shot and as the ball was in the air, you could hear me on the, on the video just screaming like as loud as i could so it was like <laughs> it's going in the net <laughs> like a hundred percent it's going in so it was uh that was one of my favorite moments in college for sure but like just having that hostile atmosphere like kind of yeah. snapped me into that 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 state that's awesome and yeah. i'm assuming you said six thousand stadium six thousand people yeah it was something like that so i'm assuming the stadium is very steep yeah you felt they felt like you were on top of you yeah. those are my favorite type yeah. of buildings too 
It was, yeah, it was a good atmosphere. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Did you, and every time when you started to play in front of crowds and people, uh, when you're shooting free throws and they're this behind the free throw line, does mm-hmm. that affect, does that ever affect you? I've always wondered that. No, actually, I mean. Booker got upset at the, yeah, the Raptors that. mascot. Yeah. I think cause that, I don't know, maybe cause when I'm shooting and other people are shooting sometimes and like, they like the ball goes in the air and I watch their ball as I'm shooting and it kind of like messes with my head. So I think that's maybe what he was saying. Like they can't throw something like they were trying to, I don't know, but I like it. Like when I, we were playing against RGV this year and the crowd was like, like super loud when I was shooting free throws, it was towards the end of the game. And like, you just like take a big deep breath and just, I don't know. I like it. Like it feels good. Like I I like when there's more energy in the crowd, like you you just feed off it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, transferring and signing with the Clippers organization. It's an exciting feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a great feeling living out in LA. Yeah. What's that like right now? It was my favorite place to live by far. Yeah. So I lived, the G league is out, uh, this place called Rancho Cucamonga, which is like a, say that, sorry, (laughs) Rancho Cucamonga. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little (laughs) suburb about an hour away. Super nice place. Like in the mountains, just beautiful. Like never a cloud in the sky. And I like my son, like I was outside shirt off, walking around, getting my good, good air and getting good breaths in. But no, I loved living out there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you, every day when you're in the G League, what are some of the things that they're trying to develop you towards to do? I'm assuming the G League, it's a developmental league to try to get you back to the NBA. Yeah. What are some of the things that they, they have you working on? I mean, it's just, it's just basic. Like it's the same type of thing. Like it's, we're all preparing for a season. Like we're trying to win games and we're working on our skills at the same time. So like the head coach, he's game planning all the time. Then the assistant coaches are working on our skill work and then we, we do our practice and then we get our extra shots up after. So it's, uh, it's pretty similar. It's, it's, it's the same thing, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing like there's no different schedule. I think we probably practice more than the NBA teams, um, because their travel schedule was was worse than ours. Cause it's like, yeah, like they don't have, I don't know. Like they're, they're the NBA, they have more of a cohesive team because they have time to be together g league is more like a one-year thing like they bring a group together and then if it doesn't work out everybody kind of like oh yeah disperses like there's not many like there's not going to be a guy who's staying on the g league team for like five years oh it's not like that okay okay i mean there may be a couple guys here and there but for for the most part it's like this year our team was a completely new team like no but there was only like two guys who were there from last year i didn't know that yeah so it's like it's tough to build chemistry. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, we got lucky this year. Like, shout out to our team, man. Like, we really loved each other and, like, we're, we're brothers out there. And, like, we wanted to go win a – we came close. We lost in the Western Conference Finals and we should have won. But, like, we actually cared about it. We bought into each other and we wanted each other to succeed. But there's a lot of teams in the G League where it's just it's just one-on-one basketball trying to, guys trying to get theirs. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that at all. Yeah. That, that puts a different dynamic on it for sure. It's tough. It's tough basketball. That's yeah. why, I, like, I really need to pick – the right opportunity and like see which because i think this year i'm gonna have to play in the g league again to like get that mm. get that call up we'll see i hope not i hope some team like after summer league takes a good chance on me but uh yeah it's you got to pick the right team well that's what i wanted to talk to you about was this summer league some of the coolest highlight videos are from the summer league i think on youtube other than mm. the actual game but summer league highlights are really cool mm. um what's the game plan going into a summer league is it to talk to agents is it to talk to teams is it to get better as a player what's the, like the goal going into it it's honestly just at least for guys like me like for so if you're a rookie who just got drafted you're going to be in the summer league and if you're a guy who's like excuse me like first or second year you're going to like if you don't play a lot they'll put you on the summer league it's it's mainly to get reps it's okay. like a preparation for the nba cool but it's also for guys like me who are on an organization well the clippers have my rights for summer league so i'm I'm not sure what's going to happen, but um, anyway, it's like an opportunity. It's like a showcase kind of thing. So cool. you go in, you play well, the team's like, oh, like he's doing it at this level. Like, there you go. Let's take him. But for for the most, for most guys, it's like a preseason to the preseason. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Where is it? It's in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to Vegas? I have, yeah. Is it fun? How old are you? Solid. You're 20? 20, I'm 23. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You're you're so focused. Yeah, like it's, it's not, just. I mean, I'll, I like blackjack. I like roulette. <laughs> I like <laughs> but like, I don't. I'm not going there to gamble or to like party or anything like that. You know, I might stop by, play a couple hands of blackjack or something. Okay. Yeah, but it's not like oh, I'm going to Vegas. Like you know, what I'm saying yeah. like I'm going to play basketball. I've always thought that about guys that get drafted to cities like that. Like if you get drafted to the Miami Heat at 18, I'm like I don't know. 
if you get drafted to the Lakers, Lakers at 18, yeah. it's just like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, I think Charlotte was a perfect team for you to go to at the very beginning. You know, mm. it's not that it's a huge, exciting city, but you can focus. There's mm-hmm. a great owner there. It's a, I don't know. I, I've always thought that every sport, if you get drafted to one of those cities, it's like, oh, Jesus. No, it's definitely tough. Like, some guys can handle it, and they, like, they become rock stars, and some guys do too much, and then they fizzle out because they're, they're not focused on it because there is a lot of excitement in, in those cities, for sure, yeah. like, especially if you're at the, the top of society. The top of society. For real, like, some of these guys, like – if you're one of the best players in the NBA, like you can't, you can't go outside like at those cities. Like there, you'll get mauled by people. Yeah, yeah. It's sad. It's not sad, but it's just it's crazy the lifestyle that you get thrown into at a young age. Yeah. I'm lucky. I I don't have that. But like you see guys like Kyrie, it's like man, that guy can't can't, can't move. Go, can't go anywhere. Can't go anywhere. I don't know how some of those guys stay. Like I remember in Brooklyn, they were playing. I think the Celtics in the first round, and he was going to the dressing room, and someone's just yelling at him. And, like, some of the things he was yelling at Kyrie, I would have turned around and not walked away. I would have approached the guy. And this mm-hmm. Kyrie's just able to, like, stay calm and walk away. But he's been through it a million times. Exactly. He's gone through the reps. But I don't know. Some of these things that these guys have to go through, even on, like, the, the courtside presence, always amazes me. Yeah. Some of the, the vulgar things that are being yelled at them and they have to stay calm. I don't know. It's part it's, of it, man. It's part of it. People are there to get rowdy and, and, and to be entertained. And we're a part of the entertainment. And they they yell at you whatever like it's just it's fun for them so it's fun for you you said you like the hostile environment i like environment. it too yeah I, i'd much it. rather play it play it away than at home oh yeah yeah for sure like i feed off that like i don't know like the the negative <coughs> energy maybe i don't know it's just it feels good like i like silencing crowds i like yeah it feels good it's also i mean i love playing in front of a hometown too but if i had to to choose, yeah, yeah. I think Kobe said that too. He's like, I, I like playing away. Oh, really? Just like, I just like the hostile environment. He yeah. said Madison Square Garden, I think. Yeah. He said Madison Square Garden was the best place Something he loved to play. Something about it, man. Something about it. Did you get to see good. MSG this year? I did, yeah. Oh, I didn't well, get it at full fo- – oh, not this year, the year before. Yeah. I didn't get it at full force, though. It was like like three-fourths capacity or something like that. COVID? Yeah, it was COVID. <sighs> What's it like there, though? Yeah, there is definitely a different energy in there. Is it? Is sure. it the Mecca? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't get to feel it. Like, I didn't get to fully feel it. That's what my my rookie year kind of kind of got gypped a little bit, man. Like, half the year there was no fans. We could barely, like, really hang out with each other. They had so many rules and regulations. So I didn't get to, like, like that close team chemistry where, like, they're taking the rookies out, doing all this different stuff with the rookies and stuff. So it was, uh, it was definitely, like, a rough year to come into the, the NBA as a rookie, for sure. Yeah. And I, didn't, I didn't get a summer league. I didn't get a preseason. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't get all these things that rookies usually get to get themselves going so 100 mm-hmm. percent. It, it almost seems like as we're having this conversation there's like a little bit of a chip on your shoulders at all time it's just like yeah i i, I gotta fight for every little piece of crumb that i get i gotta Absolutely. fight for it yeah. i love that about you yeah. and we just met yeah it's, no and i think that's what makes me get to where i'm going to be you know what yeah. i'm saying like no one's i haven't been given anything like these so a lot of these guys they've been told that they're number one picks from day one or whatever you know what i'm saying i was like a one-star recruit in high school but i know that like that i can you know what i'm saying i a one-star recruit dude I, how many stars are there five <laughs> i was uh <laughs> i'm so dematha is like the one of the biggest high schools in the country for basketball and so we'd have every school in the country would come through and watch us play open gym and i'd be in grade 12 we had markel Fultz, we had dj harvey who were both like high level recruits and then I would just be cooking these, like not, like I would just would just be going off, like hitting threes, like just destroying. And these these college teams, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't give me a chance. I got no no high major gave me an offer, not one. And all of them saw me for sure. All of them saw me. I think at that level, it's not even politics. It's still development. Like I was, how, I'm definitely I, a late bloomer. Like I was like a skinny little little kid, but I could score the rock. Like I was, I don't know. I don't know what they, I don't know. But it definitely made me like when I played, I played Villanova. When I played these top teams, it like makes me like want to, yeah, like go at them. Yeah, yeah. And no, it must have been a satisfying feeling when you went down to the states to play college, play high school that you're competing with. You know, the, the United States is it's you can't argue with me here. They're the best country, mm-hmm. arguably the best country in the world when it comes to basketball. So when yeah. you go down there and you're competing and at some points dominating, it must be a satisfying feeling going, yeah. oh, okay, whoa, wait a second, I could potentially make a living out of this. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean. Once I, it made me grow. Like once I got to the, being the best in Nova Scotia, I was like, I need to get out of here. Like if I want to grow, like so I went down to there. 
I started hitting growth spurts. I started getting better in my game. I started getting tougher. I started, you know, it just it, putting myself in a way more hostile and tougher environment, like forced myself to grow. Yeah. So if I would have been in Nova Scotia, I might've, you know, I might've not, not got complacent. I still would have worked, but I don't know if that, you know, that iron sharpens iron thing. Like if I'm playing against Oak Hill, I'm playing against all these top teams in the country. I'm playing against the number one pick in the NBA draft every day in practice. Like I'm, I'm competing against these high level guys and I'm like, and I'm, I'm holding my own. So it's like you said, it gives you that confidence. Like I can do this yeah. for sure. When was the last time you went through a day of without shooting a basketball? Like, do you shoot a basketball every day? No, I, I take some days off. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Do you hold a basketball every day? Yeah, I'll touch a basketball. Like every if day. you, if I go out in your car right now, is there a basketball in there? No, there's, there's no not. car. No, no. I, I got two in my bag. So there is one in there. <laughs> yeah, there's two in there. <laughs> no, it's at, it's at my apartment. It's at my apartment. But every day, like you're just basketball 24 seven. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm trying to be give my give my body a break give my mental a break and like try to focus on other things too what is what other things you're trying to focus on i haven't figured it out yet <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to come hang out here we're getting a couch here soon you can come hang out right, you can right. come out here i appreciate it no but i don't know i just i've been taking like sundays off and stuff so i don't i don't shoot on sundays oh yeah yeah is that like a religious thing no just, just just don't shoot on Sundays. taking breaks you know i want to like i have like a routine like i said i'm trying to make it like a nine to five i'm here seeing my family trying to just have basketball is like obviously it's my job and do it mm-hmm. and then you know give my body and mind time away from it and then when i go at it go at it with full everything mm. you know so yeah it'll be interesting I'll, I, l- let me know when you find like a hobby do you golf i don't golf i want to get into it get into it yeah that, that's a leisure sport you can't really get injured mm-hmm. you're cu- you're walking you're mm-hmm. yeah no my mom's wanted to take me out my dad's wanted to take me out i just haven't done it yet yeah, man, you'd like it. Yeah. And you're tall, too, so you yeah. could get, like, a good uh, – you get a pitching wedge. You could put it 150, maybe. Mm. You know, you just have the body frame for it. Okay. Try it out. Yeah, I'll try. I, I need to. <clears throat> I've been, like, to driving ranges. I've been on the course, like, one or two times, and I enjoyed it. Like, I hit those – you know, you get a shot. It goes exactly where you want it to go. It gets that arc, and you're like, oh. Yeah, it's there, addicting. Yeah, you're like, there it is. And <laughs> you're living in some of the best climate in the world to play golf. Mm. You know, so you're going to Vegas and – yeah. Well, I guess you're there to work, not golf. Yeah. But you know, some of the best places in the world, you can you can golf for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I got into chess a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. One of my buddies uh, was like a chess master. He's when he was a kid, he was like a child prodigy on the my my G League team last year. Oh, what's his? Oh, he's on your G League team. Yeah, Jordan Ford, and uh, so we would play against each other a lot. And oh just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I started like studying it and getting into it. It's pretty, it's a cool game. What was the show on Netflix that came out last year, two years ago? Queen's during... Gambit. You're into yeah. that? I, I watched it. Yeah. <sighs> what a good. show! Yeah, it was good. Do you know if they're coming out with a season two? Oh, they are. Are they? I don't know. No, I was asking. It seemed like it was a, a one season thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. It, it should be when when something's great, let it be. Exactly, but they might try to just to get some money. They're like, oh, everyone's going to watch it. That's fair. Who knows? The best trilogy, in my opinion, Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks 1, 2, 3. I only saw the first one. Did you? Yeah, well, the first one's the best one. Okay, yeah. What's the best basketball movie out there? Basketball movie. Mm, I forget what it's called, but it's the one where they show UTEP winning a national championship. And it's know. like the first like starting five of black guys. And then they play Duke in the final. And it's all starting five white guys. Fab Five? No. Oh, that's a documentary. Yeah. I thought you were just going to say Space Jam lights out. No problem. I forget what it's called, man, but it's such a good movie. Hoop Dreams? Hoop Dreams? dreams. Glory Days or something like that. Air Bud had a basketball movie. That one was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I forget what it's called. That's that's my favorite basketball movie, though. Um, How much time are we at right now? Uh, 50 minutes. 50 minutes? Wow. What was was your morning like this morning? What's the routine like on a 9 to 5 day? Oh, no, I already asked that, and you already told me what uh, you're trying to step away from the basketball and focus more on your body. And then you had a coach here that you really like. What was his name? Brandon again, Brown. Brandon. Yeah. So I just do, I, like, I try to get my body moving get my body flowing. So I'll like go work out, do some like physical therapy yeah. in the mornings. And then I get, uh, I'll go for like a nice walk and try to get some really, really deep breaths in. Like, really? yeah, the breath, like I've been really like once COVID hit, like in basketball got taken away from me for a little bit. I needed something to like, be at peace so i got into meditation a lot and then i realized like okay like meditation is cool but 
like the, what I got from meditation was to focus on my breath. So then I started to like really focus on my breath, like just walking around and doing things. Cause I'm, I'm like a, a movement person. I don't like to just sit around. So I like, I'm sorry stretching. to make you sit here right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're talking, we're, we're but, uh, so I started focusing on my breath and then, cause like I said, I want to find that was like, for me, like my, my only job is to work on my, my body and my mind to get better at basketball, but it also gets better as a person. But if I can find those moments where I can, become more in the moment and it can translate to basketball where I can find those blackout moments more and more often. Like that's the, that's the biggest question in basketball. Why can't I find that state every single time I step on the court? You know what I'm saying? So I try to become more mindful in my daily life so that I can become more mindful on the basketball court. That's deep, man. You're 23. Yeah. That's like deep thought for a 23 year old. That's crazy, man. That's, it's awesome that you can recognize that now and not at the Mm. age of 30. Mm. That's awesome. Thank you. But it also improves my, my daily life and everything too. So yeah, yeah, it's it just it, it's tough. But what you're talking about can be related to anyone. If someone that actually works a nine to five job, mm-hmm. instead of going home and just, I don't know, maybe not doing the right thing, go take a walk, think about your day. How mm-hmm. was your day? Think yeah. about your actually, you know, your thought process on how you approach the day when you wake up in the morning. Absolutely, it could be beneficial to anyone, not just you. That's for sure. And Kobe says that too. He's like, take the no, you're not going to be Kobe Bryant. Take the mama mentality of what he's saying. And put it into like whatever life, whatever journey, journey. Yeah. Whatever your thing is. And for me, like finding something that can really take you into the moment, whether it's meditation, whether it's basketball, whether it's gardening, whatever it is, like (laughs) get somewhere where you can be in the moment, you know what I'm saying? In that flow state Yeah, and just, just wrap it up. A hundred percent. Yeah. The, the photo of Kobe in the pajamas with the broken arm shooting a free throw Mm. that every now and then I'll just look at that photo and that's the mind state that. I try to be in like whenever we try to like when I messaged you or when Quakes set it up, it just, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's trying to find guests is that moment where I have to be mindful of when I'm reaching out. It's like, okay, I'm going to reach out to this guy. He might not reply. He might just say no. So you have to take doubt or yeah. you have to take rejection. Like that's my thing when I, you know, I don't, I'm not an athlete anymore, yeah. but trying to find guests and like locking into that zone of being willing to taking, excuse me, rejection mm. and just working your ass off. That's my that's my thing right yeah, there. It's finding guests. Exactly. It's, a, it's a hustle. You got to move around people. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's fun, but to maybe a lot of other people, it's not. But no, it's, it's impressive. So you have to be like focused on communication <clears throat> and like how humans interact with each other. You have to be careful with what you say and how you say it and stuff like that. Like, uh, it's a thing. Yeah. I, so there's an art to it, oddly yeah, abs- enough. Absolutely. You, it's, it's a, but oddly enough, I like it. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, like guys like Joe Rogan, like that he can talk to anybody in the world and, and put together a good conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's like, that's a skill for sure. Man, the more, what episode is this? 392? 392, I think it is. Really? And the common trait out of all the conversations that I have is we're all the same. Mm. It's really weird. Everyone mm. is out here just trying to become a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to people on this podcast, but also I've talked to them like at a bar while they're drinking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's a different guy compared to the podcast. Yeah. Because, But at the end of the day, when you have these conversations, you're like, oh, this guy's just trying to get better. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just trying to get better and be a nice person. It's yeah. kind of cool. It's, it's different, but it's it's a cool living. Absolutely, I like it, man. man. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Like no this, was a, this was a, a, a great episode. I hope the people listening uh, got an earful from you and, mm. and, and listened to what they wanted to hear. I know the basketball community in Nova Scotia and Canada is growing. There's a cool league. What's the, what's the CBL? CEBL. CEBL. Yeah, like yeah. I, I saw a bit on Sportsnet the other day. That that league looks like it's flourishing. So mm-hmm. basketball in Canada, Nova Scotia, it's on the up and up. And yeah, um, I, I'm really happy to, to, to have you on this podcast because it seems like you're at the forefront of it. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I want to thank you very much. Absolutely. No, this was fun. Awesome. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Enjoy yeah. the week. What is today? Thursday? Shout out Scotia. Shout out to Scotia 100%. Yeah. Maritime grit. Absolutely. Thursday, May 26th, the weekend's around the corner. Have fun, work hard, listen to Nate, take Sundays off, meditate, <laughs> and then you can make it too, all right? <laughs> yes, sir. All right, we're out. Peace.
Control. 